Hello, it's the Productive Ministry Podcast. Today's podcast is brought to you by Audible. Get a free audiobook download and a 30-day free trial at audibletrial.com slash productive ministry. There's over 180,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. Last week, we made the recommendation to you, one of which was The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe. Now, I wanted to talk a little bit about why I recommended that. You know, many years ago, before Audible existed, I actually purchased the entire series of the Chronicles of Narnia uh, on CD. (laughs) It was much more expensive than you might think. (laughs) One of the things I found out about it that I love is the people they chose to read the books. They really bring them alive. Michael York is the person who does The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe. There's other people you'd recognize. Kenneth Branagh is on there. Heck, even Patrick Stewart does The Last Battle. So, if you're looking for a wonderful thing to listen to with the family, or maybe just a great adventure, or to re-listen to a beloved book series and make it feel alive again, we recommend checking out The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe, or any of the books from the Chronicles of Narnia on audible.com. Download your free audiobook today by going to audibletrial.com slash productive ministry. And now for episode number 23, we invited back Lucille Williams to talk about relationship questions, and I know you're going to love it. Here we go. Welcome to Productive Ministry. Some of you will remember our guest, Lucille Williams, because you remember the episode that she was on, or perhaps you've read her book, From Me to We. Glad to have you back on the show, Lucille. Hello, hello. I'm so excited <laughs> to be back with you, Rocky. I didn't know if you wanted to be back on our little podcast since you've been, since your, your book is out and you're big time now. <laughs> I'll always have time for you. How's the book? Is it's it everything going- you thought it would be? Yeah, I mean, I, I've been getting some opportunities that have been really wonderful. I've got a couple of uh, conferences I'm speaking at, one next month and one in September. And uh, I've done some radio spots. I'm going to be flying out to focus on the family in January. I'm excited about that. So, yeah, a lot of great stuff have been, has been happening. I've been doing some author events, which are so fun because I get to talk to people uh, you know, up close and personal, because when, you know, when people get your books, you don't necessarily talk to them. But when you do the author events, they, you know, you can have a conversation with them and talk to them about the book. And, right. and so that's been really exciting. We're so happy. You know, we feel like you're part of our community here. And we're so excited for all the things that are, are happening to you. When I'm on social media and I see you, like you sitting there and you're signing things or when I go to, uh, like Barnes and Noble and I see your book on the shelf. I'm like, Hey, I know that awesome. lady. And, uh, it's, it's really cool for me Thank too. You. So I'm excited to do this. One of the things that I really love about you is that you serve in ministry and you, your husband has served in ministry. You're like a ministry couple and you've done that a long time. Mm-hmm. And as you know, yes, a lot of our audience are people who work in ministry. Mm-hmm. And I thought, um, it would be fun to do an episode where we were just answering questions that people might have about how to help their relationships thrive or some struggles that they were having. And since we, you know, you're a relationship expert, uh, a marriage expert, um, I'm sure you get asked questions all the time. Mm-hmm. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> people just, do people stop, stop you now in the middle of the, the grocery store and say, Hey, can, are you Lucy Williams? Can you answer this question for me? <laughs> 
actually, I have a really good friend who was a check. Well, not I met her at the grocery store, and she was a checker, and now she's one of the managers. And uh, she was able to. She bought my book, and so every time I come through, sometimes she opens lines for me, and so that's oh. really fun. I love that. She's like quoting she's you wonderful. at you. Now, when you said this, did you? It's like you're being interviewed all the time. I that's love really, it. I love when that happens. That's awesome. So you heard it here. If you see Lucille in public, please stop her. Take take your picture yes. with her and ask her all your questions. She loves it. Feel free. Yes, so, I do. I really enjoy that. So what we did was on my social media page, uh, I put that we were interviewing you and that if people had questions that they should write in. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. And so what I've done is I've... I was I was getting I should have turned my phone off but I was getting dings all night. It was just ding <laughs> ding. And uh wow. what I've done is I've gone through <laughs> yeah, people have lots of questions. Mm-hmm. Um so what I did was I I've gone through and I just kind of uh summarized the things to protect the names of the innocent so that uh right. just kind of narrowed them down. So, uh I've got about you know, quite a few here and we'll, mm-hmm. we'll just answer, answer questions and we'll see how far we get. Do you feel up for the challenge? Let's do it. Okay. So question number one, uh, oh, this would, this would have me cracking up this morning when I was reading it. Um, the long and short of it is this, he says, my wife tries to heal my kids with essential oils. Mm. Um, I took them to get antibiotics, uh, and now she's mad. She says <laughs> I'm unsupportive. But I'm furious that she didn't take her kids to the doctor. So, mm-hmm. like the full – this is the full letter because it's hilarious. He, he says that uh, he secretly took – he was trying to be supportive. Um, but, you know, the kids had some sort of like uh, some rash or whatever. And he takes them to the doctor, gets gets uh, some some medicine ointment. But she's still using – the essential oils doesn't tell her and then they're getting better. And so she's like bragging to her friends and she's super excited. And then she finds the medicine oh. and, that, and that's how the fight started. Oh, so what, what would you say to our friend here? Oh my goodness. Uh, first of all, the first thing I would say is the one thing that I hear in the question is they both love their kids. I mean, this mom loves her kids and she was doing what she thought was best. And also dad loves his kids too. And he saw that the essential essential oils weren't working and they needed something a little bit more. But at that point he needed to have a talk with her and just say, Hey, we're, I'm going to take them in because I don't think this is working as fast as it needs to. And -hmm. they needed to be on the same page. And I think that was a little sneaky going behind her back. I can see why she would be a little mad about that. And they really need to get on the same page because, you know, they're set in that example for their children of what marriage looks like and honesty looks like and trust and all of that. And their kids are watching this. And so what message are you sending to your kids when you're, you know, sneaking around behind your wife's back? And, and I'm, and you know what? I I, I get it. You want what's best for your kids and you do whatever you got to do. If your kids need to go to the doctor, you need to take them to the doctor, period. Right. Uh, But at the same time, there are people that have the camp of, well, too many antibiotics aren't really good to pump kids with antibiotics all the time. So if you can avoid it, you know, that's a good thing. So I'm, you know, I'm a little of that. I'm a little, I was a little of both with that, with my kids. But when it was time to take them to the doctor, I definitely took them to the doctor. I imagine that this is a thing that happens a lot in marriages where 
dad has one idea about how he wants kids raised. Um, and mom has a different idea. And it's typically about one or two issues. I think in general, everybody's on the same page, especially if you're a person of faith. You generally have a mm-hmm. pretty similar ideas about. But there are specific things, specific times where you and your spouse aren't going to agree. So right. how would you tell them like going forward how they can reach that conclusion? How you how you deal with that? Yeah. The best thing I can do is go with a personal story that's kind of on the silly side. When my kids were growing up, they used to call me the soda Nazi because I did not let them have soda. I just felt like that's the worst thing you can put into a child's body is soda as they're growing and the brain is developing and all of that. Well, my husband, as you can imagine, he loved soda and he loved giving it to the kids. So as soon as I would leave, he would tell the kids, he'd give the kids soda and he'd say, don't tell your mom. (laughs) And so wherever I was, I'd come home. And the first thing that happened, I'd come through the door. And the first thing I heard, dad gave us soda. (laughs) Oh, they they just threw him under the bus? Every time. Every (laughs) single time. And I just would laugh. And I would say, okay, it's done. Like getting mad at him is not going to help anything. It's not going to. It's not going to show my kids that I trust their dad. It's not going to show my kids that um, you know I, I I follow their dad. It's it's you know there was nothing productive or fruitful to come out of getting mad at him because he gave the kids soda. Mm-hmm. He knew how I felt about it, and it was like their little treat when mom was gone. And at the end of the day, it's something to this day. My kids are grown, and none of them have you know long lasting effects from the soda dad slipped them here and there. They're all still breathing and alive and doing well, and all of them remember that and remember how far of a memory that is and how much they enjoyed that time with dad of when dad would give them that special treat. Mm-hmm. So, you know, that was more important that uh, in that experience rather than me getting mad at him, which would have made it a really bad experience. Yeah. So I think sometimes the best thing is harmony and respecting each other. And sometimes you just have to yield and say, okay, I'm just going to yield on this one just for the benefit of my kids. Okay, that was pretty. That was pretty good. We're gonna we're gonna amp up the intensity here, though. Got this it. Little, this is a little harder question. Okay. Okay, let's do it. So this was from her one, uh, who says that uh, her husband doesn't want to have sex as often as she does, and the difficult part for her is is that she, that's how she feels really loved, mm-hmm. and she's talked to him about it, and she doesn't feel. Uh, responding to that or reciprocating that, and she doesn't mm-hmm. know what to do. Okay. Well, I got a lot of tips for this woman. Here we go. Okay. First, I want to say, bravo, good job. This is a man who clearly is filled and getting enough of his wife, and good good job on her part. Like, I want to commend that and say that, you know, she's meeting his sexual needs and that is fantastic. So that's good. That's Mm -hmm. right out of the gate. You look at, you know, silver lining. That's a good thing. And then also I would say that um, there's a lot of ways to look at this. One thing that I think she can really appeal to is his eyes. And, you know, you just, you, God made men to be visual, Mm -hmm. And you got to use that, especially if this is your situation. 
And you got to be thinking about what are you wearing? What are you flashing him? What are you wearing at night? How, you know, how do you look? And I know that that makes it sound like, oh, men are pigs. No, they're not pigs. This is how God made them. So if you have a man who maybe his testosterone level is a little lower, he's just not as interested, then you got to keep his eyes, uh, uh, how do you want to put this? You got to keep his eyes stimulated and looking at you and never knowing what you're going to flash him. So that's one Mm. thing you can do. Uh, The second thing is um, a man's testosterone levels are highest in the morning. So that is just a little clue that, you know, she might want to think about that. And he just could be someone who just his, you know, his levels are just lower. And some men are like that. And there's there's nothing wrong with him. It's just the way it is. Or he could be really stressed. Um, Another thing. Now, if it's this, 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 this could be concerning Sometimes what I've seen is a man will withhold having um, sex with his wife as a way to control. Like if a woman is really, really con- oh yeah, if a mm-hmm. woman is really, really controlling and domineering, they will withdraw from them. And it's the one thing they can control that their wife cannot control. And it's, it's a way of them um, getting control. Right. That's another thing you got to think about. And a- another one is... Um, like how you're treating him. Are you treating him like he's a hero and, and that like he's just the cat's meow to you? Because some women, and, and I mean, I, I fall guilty of this too. We, we like to mother. We're natural mothers. We, we mother everybody. Oh, you got hurt. Let me get you a Band-Aid. Oh, let me do this for you. Can I cook for you? Can I do that? And, and that's all great things. But when you fall into mommying your husband, he loses his ump for you in the bedroom. Yeah. Nobody and so wants you, to sleep with their mom. Exactly. Yeah. That's what I said in my book. Very so good, Rocky. You read it. I love it. Yeah. Yes. And so we need, as women, we need to be really careful that we are their wife. And really, if we could be their girlfriend, that's even better. Like that, you know, that girlfriend that they can't wait to see at the end of the day and, you know, just keep them guessing. But, um, and then it says, it, you, you said that they already talked about it. Um, and so you know, she, I don't know how she talked to him about it, but, but really sit down and say, Hey, like, can we talk about this and, and really be open to what she can do to appeal to him more Mm -hmm. and how she can just, you know, how they can make that part of the relationship better. But at the end of the day, sometimes you just got to be thankful for what you get. And the more thankful for, for what you get, sometimes you get more. Yeah. And sometimes that's just the way you got to go and be thankful that, you know, they still are having that part of their relationship. What I like about this question and one of the reasons I, sh- I chose this question over some other questions was that it was a role reversal. Mm-hmm. Right. And so here we have a woman who is saying that um, her husband is not available enough to her sexually. And I think, you know, our assumption is always going to be the opposite. Right. Mm-hmm. I was just really encouraged by the fact that I don't know. I guess sometimes as a man, like we we're human, just like everybody else, and yeah, we're wired differently. But mm-hmm. uh, not there are lots just of different. She reasons. brought it up. Yeah, that just she, she brought, brought it, it up. up. There are lots yes. of different reasons that that we are not in the mood. Sometimes we're tired. Sometimes we're, right. you know, I know lots of men who have like uh, like personal sexual struggles that are preventing them from doing this. Yes. Um, and and those are things that that need to be 
absolutely. And that's another thing. Sometimes if they're maybe struggling themselves, they're embarrassed. And so they withdraw out of being embarrassed. So it, it, you really need to have a, an environment where, you know, they, the couple can really talk about this and get to the bottom of, you know, what's happening. And, you know, like you said, you don't hear, this is a lot more common than you think. I've had multiple women talk to me about this and it's just something you don't hear about. The guys Mm -hmm. don't talk about this. Like no guy is going to be at the gym going, Hey, you know what? I just don't have any desire for my wife. I mean, they just (laughs) don't do that. My wife keeps hitting on me and I I just don't (laughs) have time for her. (laughs) Exactly. They just, you don't, you don't hear that. It's just unheard. And so it's a problem that people don't know what to do about. All right. Switching gears here. Okay. Um, this one, this one's a little, this one's a little tricky, and I didn't know. Like, I had, I definitely, when I read it, I definitely had some thoughts about it. But uh, a man writes in, says that he was off fighting in war, mm-hmm. um, and while he was away, he kissed another woman, and it mm. has, it has been about four years, and mm-hmm. they are him and his wife are doing fine. But mm. that's always there in his mind. Mm-hmm. And he mm-hmm. doesn't know what to do. He doesn't know if he should tell her or not. Okay. Yeah, that's a, that, this is a tough one. This is a tough one. Um, now, was he married when he kissed this other woman? They were married. They were already married. Okay. I was hoping maybe they weren't married and then that would be an easy answer. But okay, so they were married. What I would say is, well, my first thought is if it was me, if, if I was in this position and it was me, I would tell my husband. I just would. Mm-hmm. And that's, but that I also know that my husband's very forgiving and we have that kind of relationship and we would be able to talk about those things and talk it through. But I don't know this couple and I don't know how she is and I don't know if this is information that she would be able to handle well. And, you know, while it says in in James chapter five that we're to confess our sins to one another and pray for one another. And I I really think that that kind of applies here. But in this situation, maybe he needs to go to a professional counselor or pastor or someone where he can tell them what happened and say, how do I, you know, tell my wife and then maybe have her come in or, or they can give him instruction on how to tell her. Because if she's in a place where she couldn't hear this information and it would cause her to have a really bad reaction or, you know, if he doesn't think she's going to forgive him, he's going to need some reinforcements on how to handle that at that point. But right. if it's really gnawing at him and he really wants trust and complete, uh, you know, just transparency in his marriage, my choice would be to, to talk to them about it and tell them. But at the end of the day, he's really just got to get with God and figure out what God's telling him to do and then maybe get some help in the process and figure out what's the best way to give her that information. My struggle when I read this, and I'm not, you know, I'm not Lucille Williams, and but I've had conversations like this. And, you know, I believe in confessing your sins to one another and things like that. But I always have this this gnawing in the back of my head that says sometimes I get the sense that people aren't wanting to confess because they love their spouse. They're wanting to confess because they just feel guilty. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. And and I'm not, I'm not always certain that you're feeling guilty is a good enough reason to ruin somebody's life. You know, (laughs) you know, and I know that, like I said, I'm not the expert here, 
But um, yeah. those are those are those are thoughts that run through my mind. And yeah, I I yeah I'm I agree with you on that. Sometimes if if, if it can be left unsaid and you know it's going to hurt them and you can move past it, you know sometimes that's the best the best way to go in some situations as well. Which is why I say, you know, maybe seek out a counselor that can help them, you know, walk through this process and and maybe the counselor can help them figure out how to work through that guilt that they're feeling. Absolutely. And I mean, and really a wife that is forgiving and understanding will forgive them and say, it's okay. Right. And I, I heard of this exact thing happening before. And when they told their spouse, the person was just broken over it. I mean, like wrecked, absolutely wrecked. And it, it bubbled up to the point where they just were just having a really difficult time. And when they went to their spouse and told them and they had gotten help, I think they had a pastor involved and the spouse was like, okay, that's fine. Like they were just totally they're like, Okay, I love you. And we'll get, it's like no big deal. So sometimes we take something and we make it a lot bigger in our minds than, you know, than it's really going to be. Yeah. And I, you know, I agree with you. This is something that you need. You need a third party, a good godly counselor kind of understands what you're faith basis is and can give you, you know, wisdom um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. For sure. just on how to proceed. All right. So now this one is, I have lots of comments about this one, this next one. I'll go ahead and read mm-hmm. the question and then we can banter mm-hmm. back and forth about it here for a second. Okay. Okay. It says that I'm engaged and in seminary uh, and serving mm. as a youth pastor. Um, mm-hmm. I have a crush on a woman in my church. I think I can control it. Is this a red flag? Do I need to tell my fiance? Mm. Wow, I think that 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 scares me a little bit. <laughs> I yeah. think I can control it. Um, <laughs> it's the I think part. Well, right? well I, can, I think. Can, a, can, I, can I just just let me just let me say something here, right? Yes. So this is gonna this is gonna make every pastor's wife like super anxious, but this happens a lot. I'm not surprised. It happens a lot. I mean, here you are, a leader in a church, and women, they adore, they idealize you because they don't know you. Mm-hmm. They don't mm-hmm. know the ugliness of who you are. They just see you as mm-hmm. like this godly archetype of a man that they sometimes lack in their life. And they're, you know, mm-hmm. they give you more credit than you deserve. Um, mm-hmm. And they want to be around that. And it's hard as a man just as mm-hmm. a human in general, I think, not to respond to that. Yeah. And so I'm, right. com- I'm completely sympathetic because there, there are times where you can confuse admiration for relationship. Mm-hmm. And I get that. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. when I don't, I, I, I don't know what to tell him. So. Well, the thing is, you know, God made us as sexual beings. Right. And and it's foolish to think that you're never going to be attracted to anybody else. Like, that's just a foolish thing to think. And it, it's going to happen, especially pastors, because, you know, women are just so, uh, like you said, they adore pastors and they're very appreciative of pastors. And so when that happens, you need to have some safeguards to say, OK, I need to stay away from that woman for a while because, you know, I'm feeling that pull. And, you know, this isn't probably going to be the first time this is going to happen for him. And, you know, he he just has to figure out if his feelings for his fiance are solid and, and he definitely wants to be with her. 
and this is just a, an attraction, which that comes and goes and, sure. and just do, do the right thing. You know, we might feel a certain way, but we have to do what's right. And I just know that my husband has very clear rules of how he conducts himself. Like he does not counsel women alone with the door closed in his office. He will often have his um, administrative assistant sit in when he's talking to women. He keeps his door open. A lot of times he will talk to women in the front lobby of the church so he's not alone with them. There, he's limited in how many times he'll meet with them. I think it's like once or twice, and then he'll refer them to a woman. Um, you know, he has very, we, we, both of us, we never have lunch with the opposite sex. We wouldn't sit and have coffee with the opposite sex. We wouldn't have someone in our home. That's not family. That's the opposite sex. Unless our spouse were home, we have just very clear defined rules of how we conduct ourselves. So, um, he keeps himself safe that way. Right. There's a lot of wisdom in that. And, you know, this guy's so young in ministry and, Mm -hmm. you know, he's going to be finding out a lot of different things, but truly one of the things that he's going to have to be able to discern, I think, is who is dang- who is a dangerous person. Um, because mm-hmm. it's, it's and, you know, in 2017, and just working with human beings, it's not just going to be women who are hitting on him. You mm-hmm. know, it's they're going to be dangerous men and women in his life. And mm-hmm. people that he is going to have to figure out how to set proper boundaries from. And I would say Correct. that this is probably something he should be talking to her about, even if she's going to be mad at him. Mm-hmm. Because but this I wouldn't is, say who. Yeah. Because this is not the only time that this is going to happen. There needs to be a discussion to say, I need to be able to trust you with this information. Mm-hmm. I don't want to, to hide things from you from the get-go. Mm-hmm. Um, this is not, this doesn't mean anything to me. It's just something that I'm aware of and I found myself in a position that I'm not comfortable with, I'm not happy about, and I Mm -hmm. need you to ask me about it. I need Mm -hmm. you because fear of confrontation is motivating, Mm -hmm. you know, knowing you're going to have to answer that question helps. Yep. I I fully agree. And then, you know, get some guys in his life that he can have check in with him and say, how are you doing on this? You know, the reality is you guys have been in ministry forever, so you know this, but what makes it doubly dangerous is that you're talking often about intimate and personal things. Mm-hmm. It's really easy to confuse feelings when somebody's being merciful or gracious towards you about something very personal in your life. Mm-hmm. And so you have to be just super careful. Anyway, yeah, yep, like absolutely. I said, I have, a, I have a lot of comments about that one. I'm not a relationship no, expert. Really guys. good. Thanks. No, I agree with you on all of that. <laughs> yeah. Really good. Really good. Okay. So here's one that I get a lot, mm-hmm. but I was glad that somebody wrote it in. It says that, uh, I hate that my husband is so committed to his ministry. I'm jealous of mm. his relationship with our church. I feel like he puts his ministry before me and I hate it. Mm. And it's like gotten so bad. I mean, if I had read the whole letter, like you would also know she doesn't want to go to church. because mm. of, Like she, wow. she feels... She's jealous of church and she sees it like wow. as, as, as another woman in his life or another significant other in his life. Well, I can certainly relate to her feelings. My husband loves to work and he loves our church and he loves to do ministry. And so I can completely understand how she could feel that way. But at the same time, she's got to remember everything that he does 
she's part of that too. Like it's not just his ministry, she's his wife. And God calls us to be the helpmate to our husbands. So if maybe she could have a little paradigm shift and say, what he's doing, part of that is I'm doing it as well because I'm his counterpart. And I, I just think that somehow she just has to figure out how to get in touch with viewing this in a different way. Mm. And she needs to really examine, you know, why is he not wanting to be home more? Because if he had a home that he loved coming home to, maybe he'd be in, you know, itching to come home more. Wow. Because sometimes. You flipped the script there. I didn't see that coming. I just know anytime a woman comes to me and says, my husband just works so much and I don't hardly ever see him. My first question is, well, what happens when he comes home? Because if he's coming through the door and you're hitting him with, you know, you didn't do this and I need that and you're not giving me this and this and that and that. And then he goes to work and he's getting respect and honor and praise. Where do you think he's going to spend the majority of his time? Yeah, He's going to spend it at the church. And, you know, I just know that you you've got to give him what he's getting at church. Like there was a time when I walked into my husband's office and this is 100 percent accurate. I walked in his office and he had four ladies in his office and they were cheering for him as I was walking in. <laughs> and they were cheering, clapping and cheering, Pastor Mike, and cheering for him because he, he, he was going through something with them and he helped them or whatever he did. They were so appreciative. And I just remember my first thought was like, wow, this is really, really cool that these ladies are appreciating him. Like what a, what a great man and I get to be married to him. But then I said, okay, I, I need to up my game. Now I know what I'm dealing with today when he comes home and I need to make sure that I do better than they do at appreciating him and loving him and adoring him and cherishing him and cheering for him. And you know what? When you're their wife, you can always one-up anything that happened at work. Anything yeah. that's happening at church or at work, if you're married to them, you can up, you can up the ante and you could do better when he gets home. So I just, for me, I pay attention to what's going on at church and I see all of the praise he's getting and how people are honoring him and respecting him. And I say, okay, I need to match it. I'm not going to just match it. I'm going to do better. And when you start doing that, you're going to find you got a husband who's running home because when they ha get more of that at home than they do at work, then they're going to want to come home more. I'm wondering like what it's like to be a woman in 2017 and hear that because yeah. – because immediately, even as a man who's been, you know, I'm part of this culture too. I'm just like, is that sexist? Should the entire onus be on her to? Well, you could say, I mean, you could go to him and demand, hey, I need you to do this for me. And you're not doing that. And you're, you know, tell me how that goes. Tell me how that goes. Oh, yeah. It, 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 you know, it's not going to be good. She cannot control him. She can only control her. She can change right. what she's doing to maybe influence him. I think that sometimes a conversation of, I miss you, you know, that's, that's a legitimate thing to say to your spouse. I miss you. Can we get some time together? How can I, you know, make our relationship better? Are there some things I'm doing that um, are keeping you away more? Like, what can I do to help you? And, you know, I mean, this is, this is who she married. This man is a pastor and that's who she's married to. And, you know, you just got to take that to God and say, show me how I can be the counterpart that he needs. Mm. Yeah. Good stuff. Good stuff. This is really, I'm really enjoying this. 
<laughs> this one may, might be kind of connected to the last question we, we asked. It was a man who uh, works in ministry. And he says, I work hard at church and my wife doesn't help. Um, mm. She doesn't help me. She, like she's a stay-at-home wife. She says she doesn't help me by like keeping the house clean. My clothes are constantly wrinkled. My kids look sloppy. I'm a pastor and I'm embarrassed to have people over. He actually wrote in the letter, I feel like she's not keeping her end of the deal. This is mm. the life we agreed on. And he says that I feel like people judge her and that people judge me because of it. And I don't know mm. what to do. Well, um, the first thing I would say there is... Pick up an iron. <laughs> <laughs> well, she's... You know, I remember when I was home with my kids. If If I didn't have kids... I wouldn't be home. Like I wouldn't be home just to clean my house. I was home because I was taking care of my children. So my first priority was taking care of my children. You know, keeping the house clean needed to come after that. I needed to make sure my kids were being taken care of. So I would say that, you know, first he needs to look at, you know, what she's having to deal with in terms of the kids. You know, maybe maybe their kids are a little bit more high maintenance than other kids and she's got right. her hands full. Or maybe she can't handle as much as some other people. And that's okay. Some, some of us, you know, can't juggle so many things. And, you know, maybe she needs help. Maybe she needs help with the housework. Maybe he, need, he can step in and help her a little bit or just have a conversation and say, I'm embarrassed about how our house is. I really would like it to be clean. And what can I do to help you? And, you know, let's talk about this. And, you know, maybe he can step in a little bit and help her with that because it sounds like the home has kind of gotten overwhelming for her. Maybe she, her organiz, organizational skills aren't that good. Right. But it, it definitely sounds like maybe she just needs a little help and he can be that help to her. Yeah. And, I, you know, I wonder if she's always been that person. You know, if she's a, like sometimes, like me, I like creative women, right? Mm -hmm. And sometimes mm -hmm. coming, like what comes along with creativity is a different way to organize that's not, you know, usual, kind of messy. Like that's yep. just part of that. But that's part of what I love. Like you take the good with the bad, right? And if mm -hmm. she's always, I wonder, my question is, if she's always been this way, then why suddenly for you is this a problem? Mm -hmm. You know? Uh, yeah, Exactly. But if this is brand new, if this is like if this is a totally new thing, like if she was Susie Homemaker before, and then suddenly it's this way, I'm what's going on? Is she okay? What is happening to mm -hmm. her heart and her mind? And right, he needs to get in touch with what's going on with her, and and you know try to see how he can help her. Yeah, and I, you know one of the things that I find that um, men really struggle with. So if you were to Google ways to encourage your spouse. What is mm -hmm. going to pop up is a thousand articles about how women should encourage their husbands. Mm -hmm. But what is harder to find is ways that men can encourage their wives, right? Encouragement is one of those things that's across the board that's not assigned to a specific gender. We all love to be encouraged and we all want to know that we're doing well, right? Mm -hmm. And I wonder, do you encourage your wife? Do you, mm -hmm. tell her, do you tell her how wonderful it is that she takes care of you? that mm -hmm. she takes care of your kids, that, mm -hmm. you know, I wonder all of those things because nobody likes to feel taken advantage of, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Anyway. Yeah. And why um, does the house completely fall on her? I mean, I know my husband, he, he helps me with stuff around the house. Yeah, for sure. There's another question that's kind of related to that. So I'm going to, I'm going to skip to it, but we're going to come back to mm -hmm. some of the others, but it says, this is by a woman. Um, and she says, this was actually kind of a funny letter, but I summarized it. And she says that being a stay-at-home mom is not enough for me. 
but I feel like if I work outside the home uh, while I have kids, I'm not being godly. What am I supposed to do? She's like, I try and talk to the other moms in the moms group at church, but honestly, I can't stand those women. And she's, she just says that she just feels completely overwhelmed mm. um, and just dissatisfied. Mm. And I wonder, like, is this a common thing for, for Christian women? Do Christian women feel like they have to give up their hopes, their dreams, or like their call in order to be at home with family? I think it depends on, on each on each you know woman themselves, right. and I think that you they need to figure out what God has for them and their family. I every family is different. All you know, every family dynamic is different. All the kids are different. It's definitely not ungodly to work. I mean, look at the Proverbs thirty one woman. She worked. You know, you can't deny that. It says she considered a field and she bought it. So how can you say that a woman is never allowed to be in the home? Now I'm well aware of Titus talking, you know, Titus two talking about that the woman is the keeper of the home. But the whole idea is that, you know, we need to have our heart be at home and we need to love our family and take care of our family. But at the end of the day, whether or not you work outside of your home or not, that's between you and your husband and God. And you need to do what's best for your family. And, you know, some women, they, they get a part-time job and, and that's good. Some, you know, do full-time and they have a situation where they can, you know, get someone to watch their kids and it works out well for them. I mean, everybody figures it out without what works for their family. But it's definitely not wrong to, to work if you feel like that's what's best for your family. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And there was another there was another one that was kind of related where a woman was talking about she met her husband while they were in seminary. And she was working on a ministry degree too. And she says that she's jealous of her husband's ministry. Why did she have to give up her call to follow him? She says mm-hmm. that she thought she could do it, but she she's really struggling with that. Mm-hmm. Well, does, does she get specific about what her ministry what does, what she did in her ministry? Does, does the letter say? Yeah, well, she. I think that she was an apologist, right? So teaching and, mm-hmm. and all of those things. Um, yeah, some sort of teaching ministry because she talked about if I can remember the letter. If if you wrote that letter, I'm sorry uh, that I don't remember <laughs> it exactly. But uh, you know, something to the effect of that she felt, you know, she was she was as good a teacher as he was. You know, when it came time to choose where they were going to go, it was about the call on his life, mm-hmm. right? And so they moved to this place because that's where God was calling him. Mm-hmm. Uh, even though she felt like maybe God was doing something else in her life. Mm-hmm. But, well, just just with that vernacular, it's very separate. You know, him, me, him, me. It's a we thing. And if God was calling him, then God was calling her too, because mm-hmm. you're married. And I, I don't think that we need to give up our ministry when we're married to pastors or when our husband's in ministry we might need to tweak it a little bit, but she can certainly pursue God's call in her life. I mean, there's no reason she can't do those things that she was doing before. So it's hard for me to really understand why that seems to be a struggle. And, you know, they just have to, I mean, my husband encourages me to do what God's calling me to do as well as him. And we support each other. So it's hard for me to fully understand why she can't pursue what she feels God's calling her to do too. Right. And I think for me, like coming from the the male perspective, you hit the nail on the head because my question is always like, well, as as her husband, are you encouraging her 
to like be her fullness, right? In Christ. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't mm-hmm. want to – immediately as I say that, I wonder like if, if this is a pride issue, then I just threw gas on her fire, mm-hmm. you know? Like I just, mm-hmm. you know, gave her a reason to say, well, see, you should be doing this and you should be doing that. I don't know. I don't know your relationship. You know, mm-hmm. I don't I don't know what it's like every day for you. And I certainly don't know what God is trying to do in your life. I do mm-hmm. know that as a man, it brings me joy to see the women in my life come to the, their fullness in Christ, just mm-hmm. like everybody else. So right. I don't know. Right. And and I know that when you're married to a pastor, sometimes you feel like you're not doing anything. Like there was one time where um, I just remember just having a really rough time. I just felt like God was really using my husband and and I wasn't doing anything. I felt like I was just, you know, like tossed aside and I, I didn't feel like my gifts were being used and I didn't feel valuable. I didn't feel like I had anything of value to bring to the table. And, and I was seeing all that God was doing with him and I was just feeling so just that maybe similar to what, you know, this gal was feeling and maybe, you know, that other pastor's wife was feeling, the one that said her, you know, she's jealous and hates that he loves the church so much and she doesn't even want to go to church anymore. And so, you know, I want to circle back to to that uh, lady as well, because these are kind of similar questions. And and I've definitely felt felt that, felt that way before. That's why I, I think I was so strong with, you know, my answer, because mm-hmm. I, I know what that feels like. And I just remember one day just crying out to God and saying, I don't understand why he gets to do all these things and he's being used. And I'm just I have no value. Like, what am I doing? I, I don't I don't have anything. And and I just remember God was so clear with me. I, it was almost like I was having a conversation with him because he just depressed it on my heart. And it was like he said, my child, you're his wife. Every single thing he does, you're part of that. Every child he influences, every marriage he helps, every person he talks to, everything he does, you're his counterpart. That's you doing it just like it's him doing it because you're supporting and loving him so that he can be the best that he can be. Wow. And all of a sudden, I just I just remember crying and I went, oh, you know, my role is important. It's just different. It's just different right now. And, and then I, for some reason, I got it and I understood that that at different parts of my life, that my role is just to support him. And that's the best thing I can do for the kingdom because God is doing so many great things with him and he needs me to support him. And that makes him be the best version of himself. Mm-hmm. And, and after that encounter, I'm okay with that because God told me it's okay. You know, it's okay. You're everything. And so now when I see everything he's doing, I'm feeling like, yeah, I'm part of that. We're a team. So when, when he's doing all these wonderful things, I'm like, you know, that's me too. And I don't know. Does that make sense? Am I explaining it it accurately? No, it makes perfect sense. That's really good. Okay. So I think we have time for about two or three more and there's three that I definitely want to make sure that we hit one. All right, let's do it. One was cracking me up. The letter was, Mm -hmm. the letter was hilarious. And I had, uh, just so happens that the person who edited this was a woman and she had a visceral response to this question. Um, mm-hmm. And her answer, before I even asked the question, her answer was, uh, he just needs to get over it. Um, <laughs> and it was, uh, the question, it just says, I hate my wife's haircut. What do I do? But the letter, <laughs> the letter was hilarious. He was like, you know, she's had long hair. I love long hair. He's like, I don't know why women 
one day just decide they need to cut all their hair off. Right. She's got that. Uh, he said, uh, she's got that. I need to speak to the manager haircut. Um, mm. he's like, nobody looks good with that haircut. Nobody looks good with those highlights. I don't know what to do. <laughs> like he just hates the haircut. Well, has he ever told her? It seems like he has. It seems like, it seems like I, I got the sense when I read the letter, one of the things he's always found super attractive about her was her long hair. And so mm. when he, so when she cut it, he took it as a personal offense is what it boils down mm -hmm. to. Yeah. So, yeah. Well, if he hasn't told her, I definitely think he needs to tell her. I don't think there's anything wrong with telling your spouse, hey, I cannot stand your hair and I'd really like you to change it. And I know I will not wear my hair in a way that my husband dislikes. I just won't yeah. do it because I know it matters to him how I look. And, and he lets me know, like if I, if I get a haircut and he likes it, I hear about it for a really long time. Like, Oh honey, I love your hair. Mm -hmm. You look great. I love your hair. I love your hair. He keeps saying that. Why would I want to take that compliment away? I'm not going to do anything to stop hearing, Oh, I love your hair. You know what I'm saying? Right. So I just think that, that when you're married, your spouse gets to, you know, speak into that. I do have a story on this. Like I have a story on all of this, but this, yeah. I had the reverse of this. My husband at one point was growing a mullet. And oh. it just kept growing and growing back in the, you know, the year the mullets were in. Yeah. And the longer his hair got, the more guys that would come up to him and say, hey, cool, dude, long hair. All right. And he was like in this, you know, club. And, and, I, and I hated it. I hated it so much. And I didn't tell him. And I just, oh, and he'd roll over at night and I'd get his hair in my face. And, oh, I absolutely hated it. And, and I just tried to work it through. I'm like, okay, well, he loves it. I, I can get through this. I can get through this. And I tried and I couldn't. And then one day, it, I mean, it was probably a good six, seven, eight months. And I finally just told him, honey, I really, I, I can't do the hair. I, it repulses me. I, I, I feel, I just can't. And, and he goes, okay. And the next day he went and he got it cut. Mm. And I think that, you know, if you really care about your spouse's feelings, you listen to things like that. And so if she's refusing to put her hair the way that he likes it, I think they've got bigger problems than her hair. And see, I, I thought that too, but then I was like, is it shallow and is it worth like hurting her feelings, right? Yes. You go through I don't think those? it's shallow. I don't think yeah. it's shallow at all. I think it's completely... Uh, legitimate to say this is how yeah. I feel about it and I really would like you to do this yeah. and this is how it makes me feel he's really got to talk about his feelings and if she refuses and it's really an issue then this couple may need to get some marriage counseling because I, I really think it's a bigger issue than just the hair yeah yeah okay so this this next one um was a very sincere letter thank you for sending it in um says that uh I didn't wait for my husband, but he waited for me. Mm. Um, he's forgiven me just as I know. And she, she says that she knows that God has restored her. Mm -hmm. um, and she feels very confident about that. Um, she says that she still thinks about it sometimes, like the fact that it happened. Um, and sometimes it comes up, not, mm -hmm. not in an argumentative way. It doesn't come up in a way that like he's trying to hurt her. It's just this topic that comes up. Mm -hmm. Um and she says that she feels like uh, it's her fault that he has to deal with this, that, you know, that he's mm -hmm. struggling with this or has mm -hmm. struggled with it. Um, mm -hmm. And she asks, how do I help him cope with that? 
Right. Well, I really think they need to put this to rest. They need to get past this. When we marry somebody, when we meet someone, the day we meet them, you know, when we're heading towards marriage, what they did before that day, we really can't hold that against them. And and you, if you're that person, you can't hold those things against you either. Because if you've been forgiven and you've asked God for forgiveness and you've moved on, then you need to let it go too. And I think this is something that they just really need to just forgive each other. She needs to forgive herself and they need to let it go and stop talking about it. And if it comes up in your mind, then what she needs to say to herself is, you know, Lord God, I'm not that person anymore. I am now with my husband and you have restored me and you have renewed me and I'm going to walk in that. And if it comes up in his mind, he needs to say, this is my wife who I love and I forgive her for anything that happened before I met her. And I am going to love the woman she is today. And I'm so thankful she's not the person she used to be. And I'm not even going to bring it up. I'm just going to forgive her. And so I think it needs to start with a conversation where they just just really let their feelings out, forgive each other, because she needs to forgive herself. If she keeps letting this come up, then she hasn't fully forgiven herself for it. And they both need to just clean the slate and start over and start from a just saying, we're going to just forgiveness, that's it. And we're not going to talk about this anymore. We're going to put it to rest. And right. that's it. And, and I, w- I would say to add, like like I need to add to it, but I'm going to. Mm-hmm. So, but here Please we do. go. Yeah, I, I would say if if he's forgiven you for it, why is it still an issue? It's mm. And then I would also say... You married her knowing this, mm-hmm. and you chose her anyway, mm-hmm. and she doesn't owe you anything. Like mm-hmm. whatever expectations you have, you decided at some point that you loved her more than those expectations you had for this dream spouse that you had. Mm-hmm. You need to honor that commitment that you made to her, Absolutely. and you need you need to cool it with this because. This hurts her, whether she says that it doesn't hurt her or not. This is obviously hurting her, mm-hmm. you know, and you're doing that. And mm-hmm. I kind of feel like it's a jerk thing to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I feel like that this, as you, as you guys, as a couple, as you move forward, that this is a topic that's off limits, mm-hmm. you know? Exactly. Exactly. That needs to be a, a, an agreement that you come to. Right. Um, just, just. Put forgiveness on the table and don't look back and just right. go forward. And that's it. That's right. right. Ah, get me all worked up. <laughs> so, so, yeah. But the problem is like, I'm a man and I know that we can be mean sometimes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We just have it in us to be that way. So mm-hmm. anyway. Yeah. I mean, what someone did before they met you, we can't hold them. We can't hold that against somebody that we choose. That's just not fair. I wouldn't. Yeah. Okay. I'm just, I need to move on. I need to move mm-hmm. on. Okay. Mm-hmm. Two more questions that I definitely want to get to. Is it okay to refuse my husband uh, sexually? Uh, sometimes he wants it and I don't. I don't know. She she says that she doesn't know. Should she just do it anyway even though she is not interested? Just – I mean this isn't like an all-the-time thing for her. Mm-hmm. There's not a, like a dysfunction on her part or a lack of interest on her part. She's just – you know, a normal person and just doesn't want it all the time. And she wants to know she's heard like the Corinthians verse that you shouldn't re- you deny your, your partner, your body or whatever, except mm-hmm. in times of fasting. And she doesn't know she's wrong for doing that, for telling him no. Mm-hmm. Well, I think that sometimes initially we think it's no, but really it's really not. No, 
we just think that initially. Mm-hmm. And I, you know, I heard someone say to me one time, well, convince me then. Like, that's what she would say to her husband. I'm not really thinking about that right now, but convince me. Mm-hmm. And so she's not completely closed off to the idea. The, the thing is, when you're married and, you know, it's not like he can go next door. If, if you know, if he's interested and you're not, I mean, what, what, you're, you're his only choice. So, you know, I think we need to be kind with that. And, and I believe that if you have to say no, at least make an appointment with the no. Right. You know, maybe later, tomorrow, or maybe let's make this quick. You know, if it's late at night, you're just dead dog tired. You know, there's, I mean, sometimes you can just kind of have a discussion about it. But I think any time you can turn that feeling of a no into a yes, I think that's the best choice you can make in a marriage. Hmm. Awesome. Convince me. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I think that that's important because I think sometimes like men just are just like, hey, you're my wife. Let's do it. Mm-hmm. But, you know, women deserve some romance, you know. Right. And right. So I think that right. that's a really like, great, a great option. Yeah. Sometimes sometimes you just got to give her a little time to warm up to the idea. Yeah. And, you know, she, it, and then suddenly, you know, she can change her mind. And um, I think it's best if you're married and you're a female that it's like the you're on that diving board and you're ready to dive in and you got to do whatever you got to do to keep yourself on the diving board and ready to dive. And so that means your mind needs to be in the right place. You need to be thinking on the things that keep you thinking about your husband and it just be always on that diving board. And I think that that keeps marriage, you know, spicy and interesting and it'll it'll keep him happy that's for sure and you'll have a happy husband and you probably won't have to ask him to empty the dishwasher that's all i gotta say all right um okay last question last question this is from a man he says i want a fourth child but my wife doesn't i'm trying to tell her how important this is to me but she pushes back what do we do when it's talking about getting pregnant and having children i think a couple needs to be unanimous on that Mm -hmm. and i think whichever couple is feeling like they don't want to then the other side needs to just be praying on it and just pray and ask God to change their mind. This was actually my situation. I have a a six-year gap between my second child and my third child, and I never knew why. My husband kept saying, no, we're not having another one. No, no, no. And I, I literally just begged him, please, honey, I want another baby. And six years, I just prayed and prayed and prayed. And then finally one day, he said, okay. And but then once I got pregnant, he told me why. And the reason was I had had uh, C-sections and the first two were complicated and uh, they got a little dangerous and it really scared him. Mm -hmm. And so he's like, I'm not doing that again. And I don't care. Like, you know, I'm not going to risk my wife's life to have another child. But he just never really voiced that. But then once I was pregnant, then he told me that that was why we had that long gap. So I think that if you pray and ask God to change your spouse's heart, then God will either change your heart or theirs, but you absolutely have got to get on the same page about it. Yeah. Good advice. Good advice. Lucille, thank you so much. This has been a blast. Great. Thank you. It has been a lot of fun. I hope that uh, people hear my heart in this and that I just, you know, really want people to have good marriages and you know, just the concept that we really can't change our spouse. We can only change the way we look at something and mm-hmm. that's what can help us. Yeah. And I, 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 you know, I love that about your heart and I love that about your approach. And, 
Um, sometimes your answers uh, even surprise me. <laughs> and I, you know, I just really, I just really appreciate that. So thank you for being able to share your wisdom and your experience guys, make sure you get her book from me to we it's available at Barnes and Noble. It's available at Amazon. We'll make sure to put the link in the section below again, Lucille, thanks for your time. Thanks for being back on productive ministry. Thank you, Rocky. It was wonderful to speak with you again. Well, that's going to do it for us today. Today's episode was produced by Tim Jenkins. That's me. Special thanks to Lucille Williams for being our guest today. Also, thank you to Audible.com for sponsoring the show. You can get a 30-day free trial and a free audiobook when you sign up at audibletrial.com slash productive ministry. The Productive Ministry Podcast could be found on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, and wherever podcasts are served. You can also find us on the web at ProductiveMinistry.org, which is also home of our extended show notes. If you're one of the people that checks out our extended show notes, you should know that they're probably going to be late this week, but that's okay. If they're not there when you go to look for them, just check back later on in the week. They'll eventually make it up. Wherever you listen to podcasts, we ask you that you please rate and subscribe to Productive Ministry. This really does help us. So, for those of you who have rated and subscribed to the show, thank you. And for those who are now being convinced by the charisma in my voice to go and rate and subscribe, we thank you in advance. We hope that you'll share this episode, and we'd love to talk to you about it. You can find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash productiveministry.org. That's facebook.com slash productiveministry.org. Follow us on Twitter at Prod Ministry. That's P-R-O-D Ministry. Tweet about the show using the hashtag Productive Ministry, and we'll thank you on next week's show. This has been a production of Rumble Media LLC. And as we say every time, we hope you have a productive week.